Balancing Christmas Encore. Last year, I sat down with my brother, across an ocean, to talk about Christmas. We were both born and raised in the USA, but both ended up marrying Europeans. I married a Finn, and we live in Germany, and my brother married a half-German, half-Belgian, American-born, but raised with European values, wife. You can get to know her way back in episode 5, Third Culture Kid in Retrospect. Link in the show notes on balanceandcultures.com. But in this episode, we talk about Christmas for us as kids, what it's become for us now, now that we mix and match traditions with our partners, and how we're embracing the magic of this season now that we have kids of our own. Tangents include real versus fake trees, hallmark ornaments, when to open presents, food, food, and more food, where does Santa live, and so much more. Spoiler alert, please do not listen to this episode with children. There is going to be conversation about Christmas morning and all that goes along with it, and we do not want to be responsible for crushing any tiny dreams. Okay, now that that's out of the way, I also want to say that next week's episode is going to be my mom. She's going to come on and give context to some of the things in this conversation about our traditions and where they come from. She's also going to talk about where she's at now in an episode we're calling Empty Nest Christmas. But let's go ahead and start this conversation with my brother Matt. This is Balancing Cultures, and I'm Megan Kitchen. Welcome, Matt or as I call him, Maddie, to Balancing Cultures. Thanks for and having there's me. there's no applause. I am, well, I know there's no applause. And I feel like <laughs> you should have maybe an applause button or maybe just for this episode. I'm I'm super excited. Thanks for do having me, me, Megan. I can't wait. Do you want me to clap for you? I can. Yeah, maybe. You know, I don't know. A slow clap? Slow just clap. Oh, my gosh. Slow. Yes, that'd be great. Sit back, relax, and get ready for two siblings to try and talk about Christmas. It's going to be fun. You ready? I am. You know what I have in my head is your music playing between each of these. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear it. I'm thinking, oh, I'm waiting for the music to play and it's not there. Like, oh, yeah, of course. That's in in the uh, editing. Well, do you feel warmed up? Do you want to talk about Christmas? Oh, for sure. Are you in the Christmas spirit, though? Do you have, like, Christmas set up at home? Oh, definitely. I'm, I don't want to call myself a Scrooge, but I'm firm December 1st is when it's like, I'm in the Christmas spirit for sure. But December 1st is when I I allow myself, if there's a Christmas movie, for sure, December 1st onward, Christmas music, Christmas movies, that's fine. I want Thanksgiving to have its own time. And then you get the, you know, cut the tree down and set things up. And then December 1st, I just go bananas. So we did the whole thing. Um, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we actually went and cut our tree down this year uh, and decorated everything over that weekend. But December 1st on, I've uh, Christmas spirit in full speed. Well, it's interesting that you say December 1st, because actually the first thing I want to talk about is like, what do we actually remember about our Christmas before we met our partners and became parents? What was Christmas for us as kids? And December 1st was not the rule we grew up with. No, that's true. Yeah, we had Thanksgiving on the Thursday. Mm -hmm. Then on the Friday, I remember mom would ship us off to have a day with our aunt. Yep. And we would go to the movies. We would go buy a new Christmas ornament at Hallmark. Mm -hmm. 
we'd go for whatever. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, yes. We can dive into the Hallmark ornaments for sure. <laughs> we'd go to lunch, and while we're out, she would decorate everything. And she would decorate the tree and all this. And so it was not a December 1st rule at all. No. And, and again, you know, we had everything up the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Um, but just me personally, if someone was trying to play Christmas music before Thanksgiving, it's like, no, no, no. Not at the very least after Thanksgiving, but December 1st is personally for me. That's when the I go Christmas spirit, unlock, let it out, enjoy. <laughs> you Gold. you compartmentalize yeah. your Christmas spirit. I feel bad for Thanksgiving. I know this is a podcast for Christmas right now, but Thanksgiving, poor Thanksgiving. Christmas in the malls and stores, November 1st. Guys, Thanksgiving, give it its own due. And then December. But I can't sympathize because I haven't celebrated Thanksgiving truly in a long time. There's a few expats here and like we've had dinner together here and there, but I've lost my Thanksgiving spirit completely. So to me, it's like once Halloween is done, I'm like, okay, countdown, (laughs) countdown to Christmas. (laughs) Is it like no man's land in between Halloween and and December then? (laughs) Well, not for our family because everything is in November. Oh, that's true. All of our anniversaries. We started dating in November. We got engaged in November. We got married in November, had our first kid in November. So, I mean, we, we've got a lot of reasons for cake. And you also, I mean, for Germany, the Christmas market's also open in November, right? Officially. Typically. If I recall, like coming for your wedding, we, had, we were so fortunate to be there the day like the band walked out in Munich Town Square and got to see it officially open. That was really cool. Yeah. So the yeah, the Christmas markets in Munich and I think also like in Pennsylvania and some of these kind of German communities in the US and in right. Eastern Europe and a bunch of countries there's Christmas markets. It's typically the first advent and that's often actually the last weekend of November. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. We have a great one here in Pittsburgh, which you've been to. I know you've been to. Yeah, um, it's nice. Which is is oh, it's so much fun. The the kids love it and that's why when, you know, even though my daughter wasn't born yet, when we came out with uh, our son to, for your wedding, he got to see the real deal Christmas markets, right? Oh, yeah. And that's great. That's I'm, I'm very fortunate that even here in Pittsburgh, uh, we, we have those. But for us growing up, even our, even though we didn't live in like major cities, we lived outside of San Francisco. We lived in the mm-hmm. suburbs of Austin, you know, even within our family, I remember having a lot of different cultures because mom would bring in the Italian tradition of the seven fishes and pasta on Christmas oh, yeah. Eve. And we had like international Santas on display and La Bafana from Italy. I'm so glad you have the memory you do. Because I was really, I was thinking through most of what you said. Uh, then you said La Bafana. Wow, there's some memories coming back there. You know, actually going back to more of our traditions or, or, or what we did. Yeah, you're right. After Thanksgiving, the Hallmark and, and doing that as yeah. part of our annual tradition. I still have some of those Hallmark ornaments. Same, but we do it now with our kids. We actually order Hallmark to Germany. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's Because typically we're in the States at some point before Christmas. Right. We've been coming like in October, but we couldn't come this year. And so this year we were like, well, do we just skip a year of Hallmark ornaments? And my husband, who's not American, was like, no, we can't just skip the Hallmark ornaments. We'll put that to the balancing aspect of this because uh, my lovely spouse who's been on your show, Vanessa, does not like my Hallmark ornaments. So mom set up the ornaments and the Christmas decorations. Like, I don't remember really decorating being a part of our tradition that the kids were involved so much. Do you remember anything? 
I, I do as we were older. So I, I kind of view it on a timeline of being really young in Texas. Um, everything before Texas, I think just way too little to remember specifics about holidays. I can picture homes and seasons, but holidays. So I think Christmas, uh, Texas, and then California. And as we got older, what I do remember as far as setting up or helping with the decoration of things. I think of more of the, I want to call it grunt work, but I remember <laughs> helping bring out the Christmas tree and setting up the Christmas tree. It was grunt work. <laughs> it was grunt work. You know what, mom, you'll hear this. It was grunt work. That's what we did. But when it came to the actual intricacies of decorating, no chance. No chance. That's fine because I I do remember our tree and I know we'll talk about fake versus real. We had a fake tree, but it was immaculate. Yeah. I mean, you, you could have held, a, I'll use, I'll say meter instead of yardstick, a meter <laughs> stick up and everything would have been to the centimeter or millimeter, like spaced and yeah. everything was, it was perfect. And I really, for a fake tree, I loved it. It was always beautiful. I always loved our Christmas tree. That's probably what stands out the most of all of the decorations and, and everything that was set up uh, that mom would do. Cause I mean, that's just her. It was, it had to be pristine and it always was. And she's a math teacher. <laughs> really creates a perfect Christmas tree. There you go. What about your memory of like how we celebrated? So this is where I think our parents brought in a little bit of kind of the European. Mom comes from Italian descent. So we did the seven fishes and pasta. Mm -hmm. And we would celebrate like our big party was Christmas Eve. It was the best. Yeah, we had like our actual family. So cousins and aunts and things. But we also just invited anyone who needed food to come join us. But the seven fishes were huge. And the Christmas party was the biggest thing. All the food yeah. and prep work. I can even remembering who would eat certain foods and who was the notorious person or people to run through certain things. Um, so the seven fishes were huge. And I love that the calamari yeah. was always spot on and delicious. Well, and I think what about the, the baked, baked brie? brie? Yeah. Okay. So the baked brie, our uncle would just run through that and we're like, yep. Okay. Well, you better get some of that before he does, or yeah. you're not getting any. Those are what stand out. I even remember the punch. I think it was oh, like yeah. a Sprite in the sherbet. Yeah. That was my only job was to make the punch. That's right. Yeah. 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 So it was like Sprite. And then you got those cylinder orange concentrate things from the freezer section. Right. It was and then that the green and orange sherbet. Like spoonfuls. Yeah. Yeah. But the but the big big Christmas Eve party. I mean, all yeah. of all of our friends, parents, friends, uh, colleagues from work. It was so much fun. And then Dad playing on his piano. Yeah. At some point, someone's going to be singing. So he's going to play the piano at some point. Yeah. It's so much better than someone who knows how to play guitar. <gasps> Controversy. I know. <laughs> someone who's able to play the piano. And then if there's a piano available, they play it and everyone really enjoys it versus someone who can play the guitar but brings the guitar with them wherever they go. Ooh. I'd rather have the piano player because you're less obnoxious. Sorry for the controversy. That <laughs> it's is, great. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> it is. If you're bringing a guitar to a party, I'm leaving. <laughs> so Christmas Eve was something where our parents, well, one, it was just, that's a huge memory for me, but it was... Not typical American, I don't think. Well, what's American? Because everything's influenced by something else, right? That's 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 what always gets forgotten. You're absolutely right. But I think kind of the standard American Christmas is the 25th is the big day for like presents, maybe a late afternoon lunch slash dinner. It's dinner, but you have it at like two o'clock. 
But for us, it was it, Christmas Eve was the big day. Well, I think that's where we had the beautiful mix. Um, so we had maybe, if you would call, say, Christmas Eve with the bringing of friends and family and, and just everyone together, right? You're not excluding anyone. It's all are invited, all who are hungry, everyone who wants to eat and have a good time and laugh and sing and, and be you know, joyous, right? Um, call, if you want to view that through more of a European lens, we had that influence. And then we still had the 25th, the morning, where just the four of us. Right. And that yeah. was, I guess you call that more of the more traditional American Christmas uh, where you had Christmas morning. Right. So we had yeah. those two worlds, those two bits for our Christmas experience. So our Christmas was concentrated to a solid 48 hours, but that was a, a heck of a 48 hours. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. yeah. So the thing I remember about kind of gifts for our mm -hmm. traditions was we were allowed to open one gift on Christmas Eve. Yeah. One gift. And it was really one gift from mom and dad. And it was PJs. It was always PJs. I don't remember if they were always matching. I think that came later. That later? Because I think when we were really little, mom always, mom had this obsession with making me really feminine. And so I had like nightgowns with frills and I had the big bows, <sighs> especially when we lived in Texas. I had those <sighs> gigantic bows on my head. And then I hit, you know, the time period where I could have an opinion about things. And I was like... I'm not that frilly. I actually don't like lace. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me flannel. That's all I want. I was like, I'm sorry. Could we get some Spider-Man up in here? <laughs> well, you figure it was, you know, very, very late 80s, early early 90s in Texas. Big, big was everything. Big bows, of course. Yeah, that's. Yeah. And then we get, yeah. then we get to a much more diverse liberal state and an area of California where, yeah, I want some flannel. I want some Spider-Man. Hook me up here. <laughs> And that worked out. So, yeah, it was always PJs. And if if there was, if we could negotiate, and that's what it felt like, hey, we knew after the party cleared out, and I feel like at a certain point, I couldn't wait for that to happen because I knew that was coming. I wanted the PJs. I wanted the, that opportunity for the four of us to be there, just us, mm -hmm. you know, or the feeling of opening a gift ahead of Christmas Day. Yeah. Selfishly, I wanted that so badly. I was like, you guys have got to leave this party now. Now it's time to go. It's yeah. my turn. <laughs> um, but no, and, I, and then, then it turned into a negotiation. Could we have one more? And if we did, it wasn't going to be something from mom and dad. It was like, okay, well, so-and-so cousin or aunt or uncle or friend drop this off for you. You can yeah. have that. But that was it. That was as far as it went for Christmas Eve. I would agree. The line was drawn at like the PJ's end. If aunt so-and-so who happened to be at the party brought us something, then we got to open that too. Well, I was going to say because it was most likely that person their gift didn't fit the theme or the order of the gifts the next day. And that I am so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. Let's just, you know, let's go for that. Mom was not just a perfectionist on the tree and the decorations. She, she eventually got matching wrapping paper and ribbons and would change the theme every year. Uh, totally. And I'll, I'll say as we get into wrapping paper and Christmas day gifts, should we give a like a, a warning to listeners under the age of 12 that there are Christmas spoiler alerts ahead? Like, <laughs> turn off this podcast now or your parents should not have you listening because I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. Let's go ahead and put that warning out there now because I think yeah. we're about to talk about Christmas morning. So if you are listening with someone who, yeah, you know what we're talking about, parents. Go ahead and turn this, turn this off and wait to listen later. <laughs> yes, please. I'm not going to be responsible for that. Okay, I think they I think they stopped the podcast. Here we go. Let's get into okay. Christmas 
morning. The first thing I can think of is dad, like, putting on his robe, coming down, and then as slow as humanly possible making a pot of coffee. Because the rule was we couldn't open any gifts until he had his coffee and was sat on the piano bench. Yeah, it was totally sadistic, and I I appreciate that now. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yes, I do do that. I do. I do. Because these little monsters that I live with, um, I don't know how. And your kids might be the same or everyone's kids. You could have them up until midnight and go, all right, they're exhausted. We're going to sleep in Christmas Day. They're knocking on your bedroom door or jumping on you at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. I don't know how that's possible. But jumping ahead to that, I will say, yes, I do. I do make the coffee and, and you have to wait. But we'll, yeah. we'll, let's, let's step backwards to our Christmas day for sure. Well, just I think the last thing I really want to say, because I think I didn't realize this was different until I spent Christmases with other people, past relationships or my my husband's family. We took turns unwrapping gifts. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, um, you know, whoever started didn't matter, but uh, it just went back and forth. And mom was the conductor, like, okay, that gift. And then then that one, because there was some order to it. And then there were, and this is why we had the spoiler alert. There were the gifts that were wrapped in one wrapping paper that were definitely from mom and dad. And they said mom and dad on it. Then there were the gifts wrapped differently that said Santa on them. Mm -hmm. Totally different. And and those ones weren't there the night before. Do you remember when your belief system about Santa changed? Because I cannot remember when I stopped believing. I I do. And I'm pretty confident in this memory. Uh, Again, compared to you, I don't feel like my memories are the best. But (laughs) this one I remember, and this is uh, going back to living in Texas, it was following a Christmas. We had certain wrapping paper that was just Santa's wrapping paper. It was from him, from Santa, not from mom and dad. And I remember being in our garage and coming across the same wrapping paper <gasps> and quickly putting two and two together going, oh, why would Santa's wrapping paper be here? That doesn't make any sense. And now it's, oh, it's not him. It's mom and dad. Oh. That, that, that is my vivid memory. I'm trying to think how old you would be. Because when we moved to Texas, you were about six. And when we moved away from Texas, you were about 11. So it's somewhere in between there. I'll take your word on that. Um, but yeah, somewhere in there. And and that's exactly where my son is now. So I'm like really holding on. <laughs> Does he still believe? Oh, yeah. I thought he was keeping up the ruse for your daughter. But he, he truly believes? As far as I'm concerned, and as far as Venice is, yes, he's a, he is a true believer. If it's a ruse, wow, is it good? Because I'm convinced... <laughs> I wonder if he's keeping, he's like, you know what? If I let them think I still believe I get good gifts. I wouldn't put it past him. No. I wouldn't put it past him. Wait, can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah, you can ask me a question. Go for it. I'm just curious. Yeah. Any presents come to mind growing up? Oh, oh, good question. Um, What stands out? You know what? There's something really funny that stands out to me. And it's when I got like a CD player stereo. Oh, good one. Yeah. I remember this because it had these detachable speakers. It was all like one boom box. It had a handle I and everything. I it. Yes. You know, the black one. Yep. And I felt so like teenager adult. I think I was like 10 or 11 though. And I took it to my room and like detached the speakers and set one up on my desk and one up like a little bit over on my <gasps> nightstand. And I just, I felt 
the coolest because it was CD and cassette and radio was like really cool. Put my Alanis Morissette CD in there. Such an old fashioned, such an old fashioned sentence you just said there. Because I said cassette. Cassette. And yeah, some people are listening to this going, what is she talking about? I think it even had a cassette recording function. Like it was, it was everything. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. What do you remember? A few things. Um, this might be an old-fashioned sentence. Um, I, I love getting movies for Christmas. So DVDs. Yeah. Yeah, there was always some collection of DVDs Would I would then watch that day. But when it comes to remembering gifts, like, not many really stand out. I'd have to really think about it. Like, I remember one year there was a bicycle, and that was in Texas. Luckily, we have these kind of <laughs> life dividers of, like, what state we were living in. Because I can visualize the bicycle was like sitting in front of the staircase in Texas, which was a very unique visual I have. So I remember that, but I don't know how old I was. And I'm sure, yeah, there were DVDs some years and movies. But I guess this can just take pressure off people that I really don't remember much about the gifts. A hundred percent. And I just, I just had this conversation with Vanessa. Yeah. Yeah, don't stress about that at all. It's not, I don't want to say negatively that they won't remember it. They're going to have the memory of coming down the stairs, seeing the presents, tree lit up, that kind of stuff is what they're going to remember year over year over year, not the gifts, especially, you know, until they get much older. But yeah, so parents, I mean, goodness, just take the pressure off yourselves. Um, they're not, it's not what they're going to remember. Yeah, they're going to remember what you're doing with them and what you did Christmas day. And like you and I remember Christmas parties and the time together. And it's so funny to look back and go, that's what I remember. Not, I don't know, my little ponies or GI Joes or whatever the heck. Right. No, I remember cousin Dawn sneaking me my first sip of grappa and that's. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. If anyone did, it would be her. It would be her. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to cousin Dawn. We love you. (laughs) Totally. We've grown up now, and we both ended up marrying Europeans. What are the odds? What are the odds? Well, we were both, we were raised with a lot of European traditions from people who lived in Europe, who loved Europe. So I'd say better odds than some people. So we were brainwashed to do that. Yes. Got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) Your wife we heard from in episode five. She has a German dad and a Belgian mom, but she was born in the U.S. But when it comes to traditions, she's primarily kind of European in practice. And then my husband, born and raised in Finland, and now we live in Germany. So that's like Europe on Europe. So what were her traditions before she met you? Right. And this is, uh, and I feel like this is somewhat common. The one tradition I just cannot wrap my head around is opening or, or having your Christmas, Christmas Eve, mm. you know, you have a great meal, um, similar to what we did, but really just your immediate family. It's much smaller affair, but then all the Christmas gifts and everything. So everything is Christmas Eve. That's, that's probably the strongest one that I can think of off the top of my head is everything is Christmas Eve. And then Christmas day has its own tradition, mostly around uh, the the Christmas lunch and, and the meal there, you know, whether you're going to have a duck or goose, I'm, I'm always drawing a blank on which one is Christmas Eve versus day. Um, certainly, uh, rotkohl, you know, red cabbage for mm-hmm. sure uh, is one of those items. 
but everything is Christmas Eve. And I just go, what? I, did, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious to hear about your husband, especially Finland, basically, you know, Santa's summer home, right? Like Finland is Santa as far as I'm concerned. Yes. As far as he's concerned, he pulled out a map of Finland the other day and actually showed our kids where Santa lives. So Of course he did. Yes. Finland is Santa's home. Absolutely. All the more reason I, I would love to do a Christmas in Finland. Reindeer, I mean, absolutely. Oh, let's do it. Oh, that'd be so much fun. In Finland, it's also all Christmas Eve. So you have your like late lunch, early dinner, and then you open your gifts. And with one difference, a really big difference, actually, that Santa goes to every single house. So what that means for the family is you either pay someone who is like a Santa impersonator to come to your house to deliver toys, or someone in the family has to dress up as Santa and pretend to like, oh, I forgot something in the garage. Oh, Santa's here. Oh. Yeah. And that, and they bring the bag of this, the gifts from Santa. And that's why the gifts are not under the tree yet as you're having lunch or dinner. And then Santa brings the toys and then you open them. On Christmas Eve still. On Christmas Eve. But Santa brings them to you personally. You meet Santa. Okay. Because when you said Santa comes to every house, I thought... That's not unique. <laughs> I was like, have we, I think we all know the the Santa story. Okay, that makes sense. No kidding. Yeah. And so my husband has dressed up as Santa because he was typically, before we had kids, you know, the uncle that doesn't have kids. So, hey, you got to go put on the Santa suit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Christmas. That, that's it. That's, that should be their major export is Christmas. Well, it is. That's what they should have. <laughs> that Nokia. In timber, right? Now, those three things paper. you're doing perfectly. Paper, you're doing it perfectly. Really push the Santa stuff. Get that. Get that out there. I have to dress up. Yeah. Santa, Nokia, and paper. Perfect. Yeah. Done. You're, like the world can't it. survive without those, right? No. Something that I want to bring up, so I want to dive into our balancing, is the tree. We kind of alluded to it earlier, but it's real versus fake. So I was talking to my mom friends here and we were all talking about getting trees and things. And I was like, I've got a fake tree. We grew up with a fake tree. I have no emotional attachment to having a real tree done. And then literally later that day, you post to Instagram, you with a tree above your head. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of like the tree farm and you're like, oh, we got our tree. And I sent yeah. a screenshot of that to my mom friend group. And I was like, well, I hope you guys are happy because at least my brother got a real tree. So what made you switch? You know what? This ties in perfect. I wasn't thinking about that part being included in the balancing. I I'm, I was right there with you. Fake tree. Why why go out? Mm -hmm. You know, just have why this thing stored. Why it? have the expense every single year? Never did not make sense to me. But there was, you know, maybe this does not fit with balancing. This was a non-negotiable <laughs> with my with, with Vanessa. This was we are getting a real tree. Too bad. Full you stop. are going to be a yeah. Full stop. You are going to be a skier, not a snowboarder. Full stop. Like there are certain <laughs> non-negotiables, and I will say gladly for if you know when not if but when she hears this. I'm a better person for it. <laughs> uh, so the, yeah, the full, the, the, the real tree is, is all her um, in going to get it. So we've like, you saw on Instagram with me having it over my head. Uh, and thanks for bringing that up. It was a lot of fun. That was our first time cutting down our tree. We usually go to a, a Christmas tree lot nearby where 
um, you know, like a high school or someone's doing a Christmas tree sale for charity and we support it there. But this year we really want go figure in the life of COVID. We choose this is the year where we actually chop down our tree, <laughs> but it worked out perfectly. Um, and it was an absolute blast. I would love to go do that from here on out is chop down our own tree, but having a real tree is great. They they're beautiful. They smell great. I mean, it works in our, you've, I think you've seen my, our room when it's decorated for Christmas at our oh, Christmas yeah. room. We were there um, two, two years awesome. ago. Yeah. What's it? Okay. You know, time, time escapes me. Uh, but I we know. have a true proper Christmas room, right? It's, it's yeah. to the nines and the, and the real tree just helps with that. So I, we went the other direction and maybe it's like a husband versus wife thing, but I wouldn't say it was a non-negotiable for me, but I I wooed him to my side that we don't have to go out and get it. We get to reuse the same one every year that I've had since like 2009. Not kidding. We don't have to water it. No chance of bugs. <laughs> right? Well, so did he, I'm assuming he grew up with real trees. I just Real trees, of course. That. Of course. He naturally. even grew up with like the real candles on the real tree. Whoa. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I now... get paranoid. I get paranoid late in the month when I think that tree is drying out and I have mm-hmm. lights on it. I yeah. can't imagine candles. That is amazing and terrifying. Yeah. No. So since then, his parents have turned to like the electric, but they still look like candles, but mm-hmm. they're, you know, fake. But I'm going to tell you my balancing and my wooing has trickled down now my in-laws got a fake tree because they spent Christmas with us last year. And they were like, oh, th- that is nice. Not only can you have it up longer so you can put your tree up earlier and not feel like you have to rush to get it down. Yeah, there's no needles. There's no watering. There, It's symmetrical. Hey, anyone who likes things to look in a certain <laughs> a certain way, it's symmetrical. It's predictable. You know, I just, I want to keep selling fake trees here. I think you're doing... No spiders. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't have there. spiders in my tree. What are you talking about? They're you dead. don't know. There could be. There could be it's spiders winter in your time. Tree. You're out of your mind. Not inside it's your house. Time, your house is roasty toasty. You have a fireplace. No. The spiders don't come into my house. That's, they don't last long. That is completely false. Well, I didn't say I kill them. They just don't last long in my house. Someone yes, else thank you for admitting spiders. that. Someone I've else never... will kill the spiders. I'll have one of my two young kids do it for me, but they will be this. killed. I love this confession because you are, <laughs> what, six foot three, big muscle guy, and you do not kill spiders. Notoriously scared of spiders? Is that what you would call it? Okay, so we've done real versus fake tree. Now we need to talk about this balance of when do we open presents. For sure. And I will say with the trees, it's not surprising you got your husband on board with a fake tree with the way you described it so analytical and logical and he's an was, engineer he that was the easiest thing you could have done you almost made it sound like it was such a laborsome convincing hard sell oh and i already had the tree you know and so you it was better. like i brought the tree into the relationship so <laughs> it's it's wins across the board <laughs> okay, okay christmas now, presents yes <laughs> christmas presents the ultimate balancing when you're an american yeah. married to a european all my mom friends out there are listening and they're ready to hear your answer how did you balance oh goodness we'll talk about on the spot I, I will say fortunately and i think i think it's the age of the kids um at least for us we 
in, in, in the whole Santa story, right? So Vanessa is still very in support of, in, in, at least in this era of their life, it's still Christmas Day. So I think we'll do, and we have done maybe a Christmas Eve thing like you and I grew up with, um, not mm-hmm. all the time, not every year, maybe. It's really just a maybe, but it is, there's nothing out Christmas Eve. Christmas Day or that night, it's the two of us working together. And then Christmas Day, they come down the stairs and it is, things are matching. They, you know, Mason has his few things from Santa and, you know, and my daughter has hers and they're matching paper and this and that. And um, it is Christmas Day. We have talked as, as they get older. Okay, then maybe we go the European route and it's Christmas Eve. It just will depend on, you know, where are we and their age and, and what do we want to do and how do we want to move forward. But right now, that's how it is. So I think that's how we're balancing it. I think as we get older with the kids, um, it might change and it most likely will. But right now, it's, you know, more of the American side. So did Vanessa come into parenting and this balance with that perspective, she's like, even though I grew up this way, I want our kids to have this other experience. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly that's exactly what it is. It only took I'm trying to think the the first time where Christmas really sunk in for our son. I think he was probably about three when he went downstairs, or not even downstairs. Just I think we were living somewhere else, um, but saw all the tree and the gifts, and it clicked. And then when you see that one time, you're like, Yep, we're gonna keep doing that until as long we'll ride that as long as we can. It did not take much convincing to get my husband on board with the Christmas Day opening of presents. I spent a few Christmases in Finland watching our nieces. This is before we had kids. And the presents would be under the tree during lunch and we're sitting there and they don't even want to eat. And then, you know, they would open the presents and it was, I don't know, like I love my in-laws and I love my Finnish family, but I think they would agree it was anticlimactic. It was like... Okay, are we done eating? Let's clean up a little bit. Should we go open some presents? You know, there was no buildup of the tension. Yeah, that's a great way of describing it. Yeah. And so I convinced my husband very easily that, okay, especially when we have kids, we're doing Christmas Day. And honestly, even before our son could experience it really, and we see like the light in his eyes, he was sold. And then last year, my in-laws came to spend Christmas with us. And we did Christmas Eve was like our big meal and we opened books instead of PJs because we got a bunch of books as gifts from a friend. Actually, Anne, episode four, my personal librarian, sent us some books and we opened those Christmas Eve, which was lovely. And then everyone goes to bed and they woke up and we had Christmas morning and they had stockings for the first time in their life. They didn't have stockings before. Really? And they are completely converted. They love Christmas gifts on Christmas Day, on the 25th. They love it. Christmas Day presents, um, it, it, it's it's great, especially for kids. I think it, it speaks to the Santa Claus uh, story. It just lights up their face. And then, you know what? If you carry that over into adulthood, it's still just fun uh, just to pretend. I mean, even as we got older and the Santa mystery was gone, having Christmas Day gifts. And I, I even remember mom and dad still putting from Santa or from Rudolph or from Zach, yeah. our German shepherd, like whoever, oh, Zach. Was, I know, right? It was the different dogs' names or whoever else. That, yeah. that was still fun. It was just okay. Hey, we're all kids. It's just the magic, and uh, I'm glad we ha- we're holding on to that. And I could only see us doing Christmas Eve stuff in the future, maybe by design or or you know, there's some need for it. But I, I'm glad yeah. we have what we have. Another selling point of the 25th 
is then you get to like use the stuff. So if you get a, well, not that you get movies for Christmas anymore, <laughs> you know, like yeah. we got to watch the movie then, or, you know, we got to play with the games or go ride the new bike where I think if mm -hmm. you open it on Christmas Eve, it's like, okay, you've got an hour and then it's bedtime. Yeah. Or the sun's already down and well, now you know what it's there and you get to go to bed. Just, yeah. Just think about it. Good luck sleeping. I mean, you're already good luck sleeping knowing that Santa's coming, but uh, good luck sleeping knowing those toys are there. You can't touch. I just remembered something about Christmas Eve. So we were so nervous that the oh. other person, do you, you know what I'm going to say? I, know, I think I know where you're going. Yeah. Okay. So you and I were so nervous that the other kid would wake up first and go downstairs without them that every Christmas Eve we would sleep in the same room Yep. so that the other one couldn't get there first. I still remember That's that. That's right. Um, oh, I mentioned stockings with my in-laws because they'd never yes. had stockings before. Do you do stockings? Yes. And it's one of our current traditions we've created with our kids. Um, a, I'm shocked they didn't do, they don't do um, stockings. That blows my mind. And I would love to unpack that with your husband one day. Um, but <laughs> it, it just, for everything they do right, how'd they miss stockings? <laughs> we, we do. and between the four of us is each person gets a stocking stuffer for the other three. So that's what we do. And then we get really excited over the last few years of having to think of a stocking stuffer for the other three people and really think of something funny and creative. So stockings are not Santa at all. It's only gifts from each other. Uh, well, for the kids, it's both. So they also get something from Santa in their stocking. Yeah, yeah, that or maybe some maybe aunt and uncle or, you know, there's some other little things in there for sure that aren't just from the other members of the family. But it's really the other items that are from the other members of the family that you look forward to the most because it's going to make you laugh or or something that's very unique and specific that you happen to just catch that one mention. And it's just a, a small little thing. It's not like some present you're, you'll remember forever, but you do get really excited about it. And it's my favorite thing to pick out. I don't even worry about the other gifts. I'm like, that, that stocking has to be remembered. Do you think that becoming a parent made Christmas more magical? Uh, yeah, I, w I would say so. Or at least it renewed it be because you get to relive it as a kid all over again and with a, a parent flair. And I, and I think there's a period of time when you become a young adult before you have kids where Christmas is another holiday. It's fun to be around people. And that's just what it is. It's just another holiday, some time off work. Then you have kids and you go back to being a kid again and that holiday Christmas spirit is renewed, but now you're an adult and you get to have some fun with it through a different lens. So I look forward to coming down the stairs, even though I know what's there, but yeah. to come downstairs, see their face, but then also go, okay, you can't touch anything until I make my coffee. That's my little bit of fun. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's renewed. I wouldn't say it makes it more magical. It's just, it's completely renewed. Yeah. Do you want to talk about food? Sure. Always. I mean, come on. Always. So we did the balancing of like real versus fake tree. When do we open presents? What do we do about stockings? But food, I think, especially for us growing up, was a huge part of Christmas. And we've both married people who also have a certain connection to food with Christmas, but it's different from us. So how right. have you guys balanced like what food you're eating over the holidays? Yeah, great question. I think it's funny now that we're going through all these pieces. So tree, presents, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and so on. It, it almost seems like instead of a balance for each one of those, it's, 
oh, okay, for, well, for this one compartmentalized item, we're going to do this side and for the other one, this side. So when it comes to food, I actually go full with Vanessa uh, in a lot of their traditions and in, in customs from the more European, German, Belgium culture. So I think of, and I always get these mixed up, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, you know, duck and goose, the red cabbage, um, you know, much more Northern European foods because I love those foods and I'm all for it. Occasionally yeah. on Christmas Eve, depending on who we have over uh, or what we're doing, um, Vanessa will actually tie in. She's done it a few times. Tie in the seven fishes the best she can. So that brings yeah. something from my childhood and our culture, um, but still also still very European. But for the most part, that's really her side of the house, if you will, um, that we bring into our mix um, as far as food is concerned. How about you guys? Well, I want to ask really quick because this came up in my mom group. The drinks we drink. One of my mom friends was like, ooh, I have a hankering. She didn't say hankering because she's German. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I really wish she would have said hankering. I hope she's listening right now. For eggnog. And I was like, I don't think I've Ooh. had a glass of eggnog ever. I, I am glad to say I haven't either. So like, do you guys do like a glue vine or just regular wine or apple cider? Do you guys have like a drink tradition? Yeah, glue vine uh, definitely comes out almost every year. At some point, glue vine is out. Another tradition that that's new to me that I absolutely love is, um, oh gosh, I'm going to get the name wrong. It's it's something you do throughout the whole summer. It gets fermented in rum and sugar until Advent. In a ceramic, yes, really, yes. Vanessa's mom makes it, um, and at the I, I without fail around springtime, I go, you're 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 gonna be on top of it this year, right? This is getting made because she's missed <laughs> some years, and I'm like, mm, no, we need the rum top has to happen. So I know. You know, COVID, everybody's separate, unfortunately. But I know she has a jar for me at their house. <laughs> and I, I don't really drink, right? And and alcohol is tough, especially rum. But that stuff is absolutely phenomenal. I don't care where you are in the world. Look up a recipe. Jump on board with this. I'm just laughing because you're living in the U.S. and have more German traditions than me, who's living in <laughs> Germany. <laughs> you married a Finnish guy. I know. <laughs> okay, so so for our food, for our balance, we only just recently drew the line, and I think this is something you meant to bring up, about having Christmas at home. You drew that line years ago. Yeah. Very soon after having your son, you were like, and we're not traveling for for Christmas anymore. Right. The, what we did was, was <laughs> this is a sporting analogy, a home and home, where we did you know one with mom in her place, one with um, my in-laws. And then after that, it was, we are at home. He's going to wake up in his bed. Um, yeah. And then later on our daughter. And then that was that. Yeah. Yeah. So we, it was really hard for us to draw that line before we had kids. Cause it was like, well, why? Like we weren't going to make you travel. You'd already drawn the line. Um, exactly. We weren't going to make our in-laws or nieces travel. So we just went to whoever and we also alternated. Mm -hmm. But then the first time was, that my son was born in November and it was like, well, I don't really want to get on a plane four weeks postpartum. <laughs> yeah. <of> so, <laughs> so yeah. So the first Christmas with kids was just circumstantial that we stayed here. We did a few more years of traveling, I think two or three. And then the last time we traveled for Christmas, we came to you guys two years ago. Exactly. And that's the last time we're going to travel for Christmas. I think we're drawing the line. 
Yeah. And and I say draw the line, you know, as everyone who's listening can certainly appreciate, you don't know where you're going to be, you know, two months from now, right? Not even maybe next week. True. Um, but I, so I could definitely see as we get, as the kids get older and maybe those, you know, that Christmas day tradition, not fades, but, you know, adjusts, maybe it's Christmas Eve, but I could also see, Hey, you know, Hey, what if we did a, a cool trip, the four of us? As a big yeah. gift. Because we did Disney World. Mom and Dad did Disney World for us. And we, so we weren't home for that. We went to Disney World for Christmas. That's true. I sure as heck remember that. Um, so I could, I, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. And I could see that being something we do in the future. Uh, traveling still for Christmas. It's possible. But for now, with the magic of everything, no, absolutely not. I would agree with that then. That, like, I'm drawing the line for now just because it's so nice to wake up in the same place for Christmas. Have these traditions. Also. You know, I'm a teacher, so once I get back to work after Matt leave, my winter break is two weeks. The kids have two weeks, and to try and travel internationally in that time, it's stressful. Everyone in the airports is sick because they're stressed and it's winter. Yeah. I would just rather wait and see you guys in the spring or the summer and have a different experience of visiting family. So that's another reason why it's like, because we're not going to come to the U.S. four times a year. I'd rather pick and choose. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And, you know, you go somewhere for Christmas, um, you know, like I said, Finland would be so cool because it is the epitome of Christmas villages, right? Um, but that'd be just a cool one-time thing. I, I want to, because I think a lot of people listening would probably agree with you on that, but I do want to say that kind of stereotypical Finnish Christmas experience is way up north in Lapland with those like glass igloos or the, you know, you know what I'm talking about, and there's reindeer and all that. That's not Helsinki. That's not where we would be. So, yeah, there's some nice like lights up and we have good Christmas traditions. But going to my in-laws house for Christmas is the same as going anywhere else for Christmas. It's just you're at grandma's house. Oh, that's fair. OK. But all of this is to say we didn't really have a sh not even a strict like any type of food tradition for my husband and I, because we'd always kind of just done what everyone else was cooking, you know, whatever your wife cooked for us, we ate it, whatever his mom cooked for us, we ate it. And so just really the last two years, we've said, okay, what do we want for us? So yeah, this year actually is really the first year it is only the four of us, because last year my in-laws were here. So this is the first year we really get to decide. So what I'm, I'm, I think, I think some people would be very curious to know, uh, what are some of the traditional things you would have had in Finland though? So Finnish culture are a lot of what they call casseroles, but it's kind of like pureed or chunky vegetables put in these, you know, like the aluminum baking dishes, yeah, like the lasagna pans right. is what I would call them. And there's like a carrot one, there's a potato one, there's a parsnip one, and there's a liver casserole one, which is my husband's favorite, that has raisins in it. Savory and sweet? Yeah, I'm just going to let that sink in. Why not? <laughs> Savory and sweet. I'm, I'll tell you what. I, I could be on board with that. I know you would. You eat anything. <laughs> that is, well, I'll certainly try anything um, and most likely eat anything. Well, two things that I know we are definitely bringing into our house for this Christmas is there's this black bread that the Finns have. Uh, it's very dark brown, but they call it black bread and it's thinly sliced. And then on top of that, you put like a sour cream and then... Oh. Um, some raw chopped onions and roe, like fish roe, eggs, and then a crack of pepper. Oh, that's awesome. It's delicious. 
it's great that even now you're able to, you've experienced all these other cultures, right? You have the Finnish side, you have, you live in Germany, you've come over here, you grew up here, you've done all the stuff here in the U.S. And it's almost like you've had a chance over the course of a decade now to go, oh, now I get to design and, and create from all these cultures my own Christmas menu, if you will. And that's exactly what we're going to do. So we've decided, okay, the items themselves are still kind of up for grabs, but we're going to do a glorified, fancy brotsite. Like brotsite is, it's like a buffet of bread and other items. I would even call it, what we're going to do is like Christmas international tapas. Oh, there you go. So we're not going to have like a roast or these big main sides where it's like, potatoes or anything. We're going to have like sun-dried tomatoes, maybe a bit of calamari. We'll do this bread with the roe on top. Maybe we'll do bacon-wrapped dates. I don't know. They're, they're delicious. And then this other thing that's definitely finished and we have to do, it's gingerbread thinly sliced, like ginger snaps. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And you put blue cheese on top. I've never done that. Do it. Done done they have to be like the uh, kind of extra peppery ginger snaps like ones with a real kick and then blue cheese oh i'm all about it well that's so it's so cool you have a chance to balance all these cultures in one meal that's really neat yeah i'm excited it's our first kind of just us christmas thanks covid (laughs) (laughs) you know it doesn't get enough credit sometimes right i don't feel like One last question for you, brother of mine. Are uh, you ready? I don't, don't know. The last question is, from childhood all the way from the beginning, everything you can or can't remember, but I told you about it anyways, to your parenting experience now and the magic that you're creating for your own kids, what is the most important thing for you about Christmas? Wow. Oh, goodness. The first thing that popped in my head was creating memories. I think that's it. Um, it, You know, the decorations aren't always going to be the same. Things get broken, go missing. Presents get forgotten. Uh, But the overall experience and the memories made with your kids and, you know, the memories you created with your parents when we were young that we are, we reminisced about throughout this whole episode. um, I hope then my children are creating those memories or I'm helping them create those memories for when they are on your podcast 20 years from now and sharing in those memories about what it was like with, uh, with, with dad and mom. And, um, so for me, it's the creation of the memories, remembering from last year to, to the next year, what was funny. And I think that's something really nice to hear, especially with the pressure that's put on parents to buy the right things and give more than is necessary. And I, I'm starting to feel it already with my kid being in kindergarten, this pressure of like, is my kid going to go to school and talk to other kids and they're all going to talk about what they got? Is my kid going to feel like I did enough? Well, of course they're going to talk, but they won't remember it. There we go. No, I think that's no what's important. They're not going to remember it. Yeah. yeah. So the memories. One thing we, we really explained to the kids is like, hey, Santa, you know, you make your Christmas list. That's a whole lot of fun. Um, we've had to tell our daughter, it's not the I'm getting list. It's a <laughs> Christmas. She keeps going, I'm getting, I'm like, no, 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 stop saying that. You are just asking or saying, Hey, here are things I really like. But Santa has kids all over the world. Our dialogue and our cultures. Santa is not the main gift giver. He stops by if you're good, 
and the rest is from everyone else. Yeah, I think it's important. And then then that also teaches them how to be grateful because the presents that are coming from, quote unquote, real people, they have an opportunity to say thank you. And my son, who's just turned four, he remembers who gave him things from birthdays or whatever. You know, he'll pick a book off the shelf and go, oh, this one's from Anne. This one's from Noni. And so it's already nice to see that he has that attachment to a person with a gift. And I think there's some gratefulness in that. Yeah, they'll remember the people. They'll have the memories of the experiences, but not the gifts. So don't even worry about it. Okay, parents, take that pressure off yourselves. Off the hook. You you have done more than enough is what I would tell all the parents. And on Christmas Day, just match your kids' excitement. Just have fun. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And and, and make that coffee and linger the making of the coffee. <laughs> all right, Maddie. Thank you for talking about Christmas. How do you feel? This was awesome. I'm I'm in the holiday spirit even more. I didn't think I, it could be heightened further than it was, but this was great. Thanks for having me on. I, I really had a blast reminiscing and, and talking through uh, where we are now, balancing our own Christmas cultures with our families. Yeah. It sounds delicious and fun. A big thank you to my brother, Matt, for joining me for a conversation about Christmas. Don't forget to tune in next week when my mom is here to talk about her side of the story and where she is now in an episode we're calling Empty Nest Christmas. For links and related episodes, go to the show notes on balancingcultures.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter for bonus content, free of course. And if you like what you hear and want to support what I do, you can leave a tip through Buy Me a Coffee. Thank you for listening. This was Balancing Cultures, and I'm... Megan Kitchen. Mm-hmm.